What it do, what it do. It's your boy, Big J. You already know. Um, this is the last um, episode of season four of and last episode of 2022. Okay. It's been what's going on. What's going? I know. I don't know if y'all heard that. Um, but it's been one hell of a year. Um, thanks for tuning in to the JJ Sports Talk Show. Um, you know, it's it's been a crazy year. Um, but this is last last episode of the year. I got my boy Kyle joining me right now. What it do? What it do, Kyle? Hey, what's good, man? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, man. Um, just telling everyone that, you know, this is the last episode of 2022. I mean, literally, uh, it's, it's December 31st. Um, and yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. Um, you know what I'm saying? So we're here, we made it. Um, hopefully, you know, everyone, you know, has a safe and sound New Year's Eve. Don't get too drunk. Um, I know my area, and there's gonna be a lot, a lot of checkpoints around my area, so I'm probably gonna be at my house, just showing my house, watching the ball drop. No point in going out, risking my life, you know, something mm-hmm. stupid. Um, but I mean, if I did go out, I'd probably go to I'll go out to one bar and I stay that that at that one bar. Like, no point in driving, bar hopping. Um, but I might just stay home. But uh, yeah, man, uh, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the episode. Uh, yeah. Hey, how, how you doing, man? Hey man, I'm good. You know, final year 2022. Ready to see what's in store for 2023. You know, it's it's been a crazy year. You know, I you know I came on this show with you not too long ago, but you know, I'm, I'm hey. excited to see. Cause you know, keep it going in 2023. Yeah, like you mentioned, me. It was a couple episodes you like you joined me, and um, it, I mean, I feel like we've known each other for like a couple years now. Like it's crazy how like yeah. we met like last year, I think. For the sports network or the sports empire network, um, so it's been like we we've known each other for like so many years. It's crazy, like we had that chemistry going. So, yeah. um, like any any New Year's Eve plans this t- tonight? Just watching the college football games. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, got to do that because you know interested to see what happens in those games. But other than that, I usually you know stay in. I'm not a drinker or anything like that. So I usually just chill at home. You know, watch whatever, and then you ain't gonna have a bottle of champagne tonight, man, just to celebrate. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually don't drink, so oh yeah. man, I, yeah, that's all. That's all good, man. Um, I might, I might take a little sip or something. I don't know. Depends on like how I'm feeling, but yeah. hey, man. Um, so on this show, I didn't really have a a schedule of topics. You know, since this is the last episode, you know. Like, you know, if you have any, feel free to talk about anything you want to talk about, sports related. Um, I know, I know NFL, we can talk about NBA. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna let you lead off the show, man. Like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what's on your mind today, man? Uh, I it's mean, it's gonna be off the script I, kind of show, man. <laughs> I feel like at some point, we're probably gonna work around to it. I mean, you could talk about LeBron on his birthday, you know, showing out, and it's kind of crazy. We've seen a lot of athletes you know put performances like that on their birthday but 
because uh, I was watching the game, you know, being in the Atlanta area. So I was checking, see what the Hawks are doing. And I think the Hawks have a lot of issues themselves. But, you know, LeBron put on a show. And, I mean, he had the Atlanta crowd hype. I mean, it's the Atlanta crowd, so there's a lot of Laker fans there too. Because I, when they panned out to the crowd, you saw a lot of Lakers jerseys. But, um, yeah, they played well. Um, it was probably – you know, the best opponent to have in the Hawks because the Hawks, like I said, they got a lot of, seems like behind the scenes turmoil where now they're talking about uh, Trey Young isn't getting along with Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, there was that report that he may walk away. Then there's, there was another report about like teammates not necessarily liking Trey Young. And I think I made the comment, it was either in our group chat on the network or somewhere else, but might have been TikTok, I don't know. But it kind of seems like when the Hawks made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, Trey Young became kind of a national figure with the way he played against the Knicks, like, it seems like since then it's been downhill for the Hawks. I don't know if, you know, Trey, Trey Young got, like, this bloated ego off of that or what, or he had an ego and that just made it worse. But something's going on in Atlanta and – I'm interested to see, like, do they become sellers around the trade deadline? Does Trey Young get moved? Do they – I don't know. I don't know how the Hawks fix it. But, I mean, I, I haven't really been a believer in the group as a whole. I mean, you could probably – I wonder what you would think. But do you think, like, Trey Young could be the best player on a championship team? Um, I, I believe so. I mean, I mean he's still he's still young. Um, so he can see that's a that's a big, um, you know, factor. Uh, he he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, I feel like yeah, he can you know be on a be a, a key piece on a championship level team. Um, I know, I mean I know key piece yes, but can he be the number one guy? Because in Atlanta, he's the number one guy, and I think that's been kind of Atlanta's problem, where they're so centered around Trey Young's skill set that. I feel like when they get to the playoffs and they meet up against better teams like the Heat, who when they've met them in the playoffs have bottled up Trey Young and then the Hawks look lost. Right. So I I feel like one the Hawks need a coach who probably needs to have a serious like conversation with Trey Young and be like, hey, we get that you're the best player, but let's try an offense where we you know move the ball a little bit more, move you a little bit more. See how that works. Because I've seen Hawks games, and especially like when it comes to late in the game, their offense becomes Trey Young ISO. And for Trey Young to be so short, I feel like at times that hurts him because they'll try to run a pick and roll type of thing. But the better defensive teams just run and hedge on Trey Young, and then he has trouble passing over the top of that. Mm-hmm. That plus. I don't when I see Trey Young play, I don't think his handles are like all that dynamic, like, you know, Kyrie. You isolate Kyrie on the wing, he's got handles, he can usually get by the defender. Trey Young, I don't see that a lot of the time. You know, we'll see a couple of highlights here and there where he, you know, is on a fast break and he'll dribble it between he'll like nutmeg a defender, go around and everybody's like, ooh, ah, oh, whatever. But it's like I don't feel like he has handles like that so I, mean, I, just... I, I think my issue with Atlanta is i think 
other than Trey Young, I mean, who's their supporting cast? I mean, I mean, Trey Young. But I mean, they've they had they've had good. I mean, players well, oh, they they've had good players, but now like, even now they have Dejounte Murray, who I love that move yeah. when they got him. Because mm-hmm. I thought Dejounte Murray would be the guy who'd be on the ball. Well, yeah, other well, other than like Murray, but like I mean, I know they got they Capella had John still. Collins, who all of a sudden looks like he can't play basketball anymore because the more the offense has become Trey Young esque, John Collins is kind of faded to the background, right? And they they drafted him high. He was a guy in college who could score, but now all of a sudden he's I saw what last night I think he scored eight points. He had like five fouls in the fourth quarter. And I was like, this is what we're doing with him? Yeah. I mean, I think what's best for Trey is, you know, maybe to find that to, to find that team. Uh, I think Coach Dante. Uh, what up, Coach Dante? What's How you on? doing, man? Welcome to the show, man. Um, yeah, it, like chime in, Coach, man. Uh, we're talking about Trey Young in like, Atlanta. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Trey Young, I mean, he, he, definitely, he definitely, I mean, maybe Atlanta's – maybe – they can work something out and get some other pieces, like you know, all season or trade deadline, or. But I can see definitely Trey. I can see Trey going to a team like, um, like, 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 like Dallas. Um, mm. I mean, him and him and Luca. I, but Luka, I, I, mean, I, don't I don't think know. I don't think he'd be able to play with a guy like Luca. You don't think? So? I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to get this like idea of Trey Young, I feel like he has a lot of Carmelo Anthony in him where he cares only about offense to the point where I don't know if he really plays winning basketball. Like, defensively, he hasn't gotten any better since he's been in the league. Like, he's one of the worst guard defenders in the league. And he doesn't even try half the time. You know, there's other guys who (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Hey, it was good. Is that bread again? Uh, <laughs> no idea what that um, is. I don't know who, who that is. But I, I think I think last time it was Brett, so I'm wondering it's probably him again. But I don't know. It just seems like, like I said, with that East Carlin's Finals run, he started getting the State Farm commercials. He started getting all stuff. Everybody's talking about Ice Trey. I mean, you play 2K. When, as soon as you load up the game, what do you see? I think one of the tabs has Trey Young doing that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this like is... the cold from the ice trade cold season, season three, or something yeah. Like that. But it's like he played the Knicks this year. He had on his shoes the whole King of Broadway stuff, and then the Hawks got blown out in that game. But it seemed like I don't even think he even cared about that. It was just him getting the attention, and I don't know. I I just feel like at the end of his career. You know, he'll be one of those guys where it's just going to be like, yeah, he was a great scorer, but what else? What else was he? And, like, the Hawks have tried, like, different teams around him. They had the teams where they had, like, Gallinari and all that was a bunch of shooters. That didn't work. Now it seems like they're going with a little bit of a different vibe where, you know, like, Murray's more of a slasher and stuff like that to play off of him. But now that looks like that's not working, and I don't know. I don't know what they do with them. Yeah, I mean, that's bring up a good point. Like you bring up a good point. I mean, I, I definitely think that. Um, okay, let me change my. Okay, so yeah, I definitely do agree with you in a fact in a way that um, 
you know, like other like Trey does have a, a, a little bit of handles. Um, but I mean, definitely this team is not championship caliber. Um, especially with the whole feud with like, you know, McMillan and like, you know, mm-hmm. and Trey Young dispute and you know how I think we talked on the JJ or on the Big Three like that, how like, you know, that one game where Trey was I think injured or something like that, and then Millen was saying, "Oh, you can play," and then the whole like you know back and forth with that, and like yeah. that was that was back in the day, or that was like, like a couple months ago. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, I mean, I the thing with McMillan is like like you said, he he's dealt with coaches. Um, you know how many coaches in a span of like a couple of years has Trey had, um, and hasn't worked out. Um, that's another thing. He need, he needs like a a coach that I'm not saying McMillan is not a bad coach. I'm just saying that like compared to the other coaches in the league, like a Monte Williams or like a, a Tyron uh, a Ty Lue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he needs that that coach they can trust. You know, what I'm saying that hey, I mean, but it's like has Trey Young earned that to the point where like coaches have to be have to we've always said it like. Cause we, I guess, I guess people. I mean, not me just yet, but people have. When he got drafted, like from Oklahoma, he was like terrific at Oklahoma. Lights out from half court, curry threes. Like we, we've all was, people. He people, was overrated coming yeah, out of Oklahoma. People have they made like, they made that college basketball season about him at Oklahoma. But if you watch that season, they weren't that good a bit in the Big Twelve. They got to the tournament, which they shouldn't even have been in the tournament that year. There was. I think Oklahoma State was actually a better team that year, but Trey Young was the guy in college basketball. They went out in the first round, and you know, after being in Atlanta for a few years, I knew that they want that the Hawks wanted him. But even from watching Luca a few times, like on ESPN, what they showed like European basketball, I knew Luca was the better player. But kind of a trend in Atlanta is they get attached to certain players to the point where they overrate them to the point. It's like, what are we doing? They did it with Julio Jones. They're doing it with, it's about winning a chip or selling tickets. Can And that's like in Atlanta, it's like they care more about selling tickets at times than actually winning a championship. And that's been my problem with, you know, some of the fans in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with uh, I think this is Brett's comment. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it is about selling a chip or selling tickets. Um, can you win a chip with Trey Young? I feel like I feel like you can if you can surround like just now this this current team. If you can surround Trey with you know another superstar. I mean, I would say, I mean, like you said, John Collins, he could have been that superstar, but he's kind of tanked. Um, you know. Um, and I guarantee you, if John Collins went to somewhere like Dallas, he'd become Christian Wood. He had Kevin Herter, who Atlanta gave away because they didn't want him anymore, for Mo Harkless, who they then turned around and released like a day after the trade. Mm-hmm. Look at Kevin Herter in Sacramento. He's, he's, he's balling out out there. Lights out, yeah. But he couldn't do that in Atlanta because of Trey Young and how they structure the offense around him. That's a good point. Um, but now, like, same with Atlanta. I know, like, you know, like you said, LeBron was in Atlanta last night. Um, like, you know, we can't really, um, like, brush over that. You know, LeBron oh, yeah, turned, yeah. turned 38 um, yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. happy, happy birthday to the king, LeBron. Uh, 
So he did drop 47, 10, and 9. Um, like, man, I think he's like 500-something points away from eclipsing uh, Kareem, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so, oh, this is a comment. I think Dirk, Dirk said, it, I think this week or last week, he was like, I think he, he was asked, like, the debate between Jordan and, and LeBron. And he said, right now, it's Jordan right now leading it. He's like, oh, damn. Like, what if, like, LeBron eclipses, like, Kareem? Jordan, LeBron has to be in the GOAT talk. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, no, I, I don't think any, I don't think, other than when LeBron eclipses. He's, he's already in the GOAT talk. But I'm saying, like, overpassing Jordan with this, this great feat. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think anyone after LeBron can pass this. Um, I mean, it might be hard. Know, yeah. The way I mean, a, the way medicine is advancing is gonna be man. broken. That's that's all the scoring record is. It's just a testament to his longevity. That's it. And if you think about it, if Luca plays twenty years, would you be surprised if Luca breaks it? I mean, but do you see him staying in the maths for the stable future, like five, ten years from now? I guess it doesn't matter where he goes, but. Maybe maybe that maybe that spotlight of wherever he goes maybe might change his you know points per game or whatever depending because right now he has to carry the man right now like other than you know if he went anywhere else he he'd be doing the same thing because we've seen so you don't so you don't think LeBron passing do that. So you don't think oh, LeBron, so like you don't think LeBron passing Kareem on all time scoring list makes him the great or over overpasses Jordan in the all time no. list wow no. that's crazy man no doesn't. Cause, so all right, so he eclipses Kareem, and let's say they finish thirteenth in the West this year, okay? But I'm saying like individual, individual, like individual. Yeah, but I, I feel like, like I said, he passes the scoring record. I would say, you know, LeBron was probably the, if you want to call him like the best conditioned athlete we've ever seen. Yes, I would say that. To say he's the goat, I still can't put him there. I'm saying because I'm looking at the all-time scoring list. I mean, he did he passed Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dirk Nowitzki. The only current player I see that's kind of like that's in the league is Kevin Durant. It's at twenty six thousand. I don't see anybody. But and then again, this is just right now. But like, I don't, right, yeah. I don't see anybody. You know, uh, Michael Jordan at five, Dirk at six, Wolf at seven, Shaquille O'Neal at eight, Carmelo at nine, Ten at Moses. Um, eleven. Oh, Elvin Hayes at eleven. Okay, so look, you said you said Carmelo's ninth on the list, right? Yeah, on the all-time scoring list. You put Carmelo's the in the top ten of all-time basketball players. I mean, I guess in his prime, but not not right now. Like prime Carmelo, he was. You know, Carmelo could have been, but Carmelo sabotaged himself with some decisions that he made. You know what? When he was in Denver and they were good. He wanted out of there. He went to New York to chase the bag, which I mean, hey, you can do that. And he could have he chose New York over playing in Chicago with prime Derrick Rose. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. Um they said next in line, uh James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Uh Harden has twenty three thousand nine hundred fifteen points and Russell has twenty three thousand. But I mean I don't see anybody yeah. clipping LeBron after he and plus he and, and plus, even with that, I mean, if LeBron stays in the league, he can he can he can push it even further. 
I mean, until we retire. So, I mean. I, I, I still think that the scoring title will just will be remembered differently as we move on in years because, you know, we, we know that 80s and 90s, it was a more physical brand. Because you see the conversations today. It's like, oh, what would Michael Jordan do in the league today? Everybody's like, oh, he'd score 50 a game. What would Larry Bird do in the league today? Oh, Larry Bird would drop 45 a game. So LeBron, you know, has been blessed enough that he came around the right time. And, I mean, he played towards the tail end of the physical NBA. And then when the NBA got a little bit less physical because of his physical stature, he was able to really dominate. And that's not to say, like, LeBron wouldn't have been good in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it'd be an interesting story to see, like, if LeBron came up with Jordan, you know, how would LeBron's body have dealt with that physicality? Would he have been Shaq? Where Shaq, like, people hacked the mess out of him. But he still put up points because he was just that much bigger than people. And, I mean, that's one of those, you know, what-if questions that I'm sure will be asked for years after LeBron's done. Yeah, like, um, so this is the, the quote that I read from uh, Dirk. So I guess he was asked about like the debate between Jordan and LeBron. He was like, mm-hmm. tremendous. This is something about LeBron. I'm tremendous that he can still play like this in, the, in his year 20. The athleticism is incredible. I'm happy for him. I always say that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. If LeBron really passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his scoring record, I'm running out of arguments for Michael. What this guy has done is nothing short of incredible. The longevity, I always say, being called king, uh, king that's 15, and how he turned out and what he's done for communities and where he played and changed so many lives, mm-hmm. he's a very, very special athlete. I think for now, we need to appreciate watching him and the level he's playing at. I mean, listen, like, you have to give LeBron credit. Like, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, invested money into his body, like, as he showed, you know, with the longevity. But, I mean, Dirk does have a point, like, if if Kareem or if Jordan does pass Kareem, I mean, what arguments do you have? There's still plenty of arguments. All right, well, this is the last show. I mean, lay out the arguments, man. <laughs> Finals performances—that's something that you could still look at. Because Jordan's not going to lose any finals any at any point now. He's done. LeBron still has a losing record in the finals. That's an argument you could make. I still say. Since you know, I was, I guess, blessed to see both of them play. I still use the eye test when I see both of them on the court. I still say Jordan is better because Jordan was a great scorer, and he was an elite defender, like elite on-ball defender. Jordan was taking tough, like defensive assignments night in and night out. You know, yeah, he had Pippen as well, who was a great defensive player. But when I look at LeBron, I see LeBron more as a off-ball def- defender. Because I've seen LeBron on ball, and it's like, eh, it's kind of up and down, uh, especially like later in his career. But I, I mean, I'm not going to say like the gap is like so wide. I still would have Jordan ahead of him. You know, for a lot of people, the question could be number two because you've heard different number twos. There's a certain generation. That I might kind of think, you know, rest in peace to Kobe, but it kind of seemed like when Kobe died, like a lot of people 
like elevated Kobe up higher on their list because I don't know if that him passing made them recognize how good of a player he was. I don't know, but that is what it is. But you still have, you know, some of the old school players that, you know, some of the older generation may, you know, continue to try to hold on to, to put up there. And we all know like the Mount Rushmore conversation, you'll get millions of different iterations of that. How many angles on that? Yeah. So my whole thing is like, it's a healthy debate to have. I just don't get the people who, when you try to debate it, you know, they stick in one lane and they like, don't want to hear the other side. Cause I've had the conversation with LeBron fans before, you know, some of them come at it like, Oh, if you don't have LeBron number one, then you're just a hater. And it's like, no, NBA has been around forever. If I have LeBron top three, how's that disrespectful to him? Even if I have top five, it's not disrespect. It's just that maybe what I value is a little different than what you value. Maybe I've seen more players than you've seen. And like, I'm okay talking about that with people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, make sure like you, you're willing to like, at least listen to it. So I still say LeBron for me, I'd have him top three. We're in the top three. So who's top uh, two? So who's Joe Jordan and who's your two? For me, too, is like it's tricky because if, if LeBron's three, then who's two? I said LeBron's top three. I just got to think of where uh, I would put him when I put uh, him. I, I mean, I I think I've said for a little bit now that I would say LeBron is number two, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think sitting here right now, I'd say LeBron's probably the second best player that I've ever seen play. And I usually will say it like that because, you know, Chamberlain and all of them, I know how great they were. Didn't really watch them, but I do right. know how great they were. So like I can you heard, Like you heard that. the stories, like read all the highlights. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when the ESPN Classic, like I used, when I was growing up, I used to watch that channel all the time just to see, you know, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson. So I recognized like how great those players were. It's just hard for me to like, you know, correlate what they were playing against back then to the talent now because we can all say like NBA talent now is much better than it was in the 50s the 60s 70s the 80s you know even the 90s there's probably still great players in the 90s but there's just much more of them now than there were back then yeah I mean I just think that this is like with LeBron, like, past Kareem, like, we, we, like, even when LeBron was low on the scoring list, like, coming into the league, you know, rookie, even a couple years into the season, like, when people saw that Kareem by, like, 38,000, like, no one would have thought that no one would have broke that record, like, or had a chance to even touch that record. Um, it, it was it was going to be broken. It was going to be broken, but as a fact of when and when and who was going to break it, now, now LeBron's like almost like what, almost like damn near like 500 points or something like 500 plus points away from breaking it. If you do the math, that's like if he scores maybe like 30 points, maybe for like 20, 25 more games. I heard like he can definitely eclipse it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's that's why I mean you have to kind of like agree with Dirk a little bit. Where yeah, Jordan it, like he did say like Jordan is the goat, but like. When it, when LeBron or when if he if and when or not if when he does break the record like I mean what's there to debate 
I mean, like I, I said, obviously, 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 you can beat you can beat Jordan had the more rings. All right, he had more championships, much mm-hmm. more finals appearances. But LeBron, I mean, other than these past couple of years, he's he only missed the playoffs what a couple like twice in like in the year of like ten. He's he's been to the finals like what like ten times, mm-hmm. ten straight times I think prior to like them losing their. And that is a stat that gets brought up, and there's a good argument against that, which I bring up all the time, and that's where I said a lot of times I get called a LeBron hater, which I'm like, whatever. (laughs) I mean, at this point, I'm like, Skip, I'm feeding off of it. but (laughs) Take off your glasses, man. (laughs) (laughs) Or put put your glasses back on. (laughs) (laughs) Because when when LeBron dominated the East – the West was the better conference. In the East, a lot of those years, there were so many teams that went through like different rebuilds and retooling. And of course, that was because of LeBron, because a lot of the teams didn't have what what they needed to beat his Cavs teams. Jordan was playing in the East. The East was better than the West. So Jordan getting to the finals, he was going through you know, well, before he got to the finals, he had to get through Bird Celtics, which to a lot of historians was probably some of the best NBA teams ever put together. He had to get by the Pistons, who were the most physical team in the league at that point. And when he couldn't get by them, like Michael transformed his body to get stronger. And then once he got past the Pistons, that's when he took off. And you know, even though Marcus, you know, who has said Jordan only had two, re- two, two really good uh, three. Don't start. Don't start. Don't start like, okay, I yeah, whatever. But, but you know, he dominated for that six-year window. You know, he had the year when he took off for baseball and, and all that. But he was still a great player, even though he wasn't making it to the finals. Like he had the playoff game against that same Celtics team. He dropped 60 plus in a playoff game. And I believe it was Larry bird who said like he was Jesus on a basketball court or something. I can't remember the actual quote, but you know, people recognized how great Jordan was even then. So there are still arguments to be made, but I feel like the only way LeBron fans could feel disrespected at this point is if, like, if I asked some random person like who their top 10 was and they didn't have LeBron in the top 10, okay, LeBron fans feel disrespected because I think at that point you're probably just dealing with somebody who's a hater. But even, like, a couple of years ago, like, Barkley, I think, did his top 10. He had, like, LeBron at five. LeBron fans... Like, wonder crucify Charles Barkley. And, I, and then I think, like, Kenny Smith backed it up, was like, yeah, I have LeBron, like, sixth or something. Like, if you're telling me you're top five and you come up with names like Chamberlain and Russell and all that before LeBron, I can't necessarily be mad at that if that's what you think. Because, I mean, Bill Russell has 11 rings. You talk about the time period he played in with all the racism and all that kind of stuff. And... You know, he was big in social justice and all that. If you want to value that and put him up two, three, four, whatever, 
I'm not going to argue against that because that's literally what happened. So it's, it's, a, it's always an interesting conversation, but I say if you have LeBron anywhere in your top five, I feel like that's utmost respect. It, just because you may have a number one doesn't mean that person's necessarily a hater. They're just looking at it differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you bring up a, a good point. I mean, I guess I would say, I mean, obviously Jordan, I mean, I guess in my eyes is a good because, you know, like, but LeBron, I mean, he's 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 he can over he can overpass Jordan at one man. I I think I think I mean it's always that it's always that it's always that barbershop talk debate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like I mean every time I go to the barbershop, like it's like the debate talk. Like who's the good, LeBron or? And then people, some people put Kobe because Kobe. I guess Kobe would be in the same tier as Jordan because like they played the same way. And I think Jordan, Kobe had five rings. Jordan had six. So I mean, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the Kobe part is interesting because, like, Kobe, like, carbon copied Jordan's game Jordan's because that's game, what yeah. he wanted to do. The same way as, who knows? In five years or so, we might see a carbon copy of LeBron coming to the league because that, you know that, that might be Zion, man. Right now, so, like, if he stays healthy, because he, I think he had like forty three. I think last night. Only thing is, I would say, like, but that's just boring. LeBron's a better shooter than Zion. Oh man. yeah. Oh well, who? I mean, we don't really know about you know because obviously he play, It's like it's like kind of like his first first NBA season where he can like he hasn't really had a, a major injury where, but so we don't really know if he can shoot or not. I mean, he kind of at Duke he was kind of like you know that 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 block that block monster yeah. on the defensive side, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had he had he had a little bit of a shot, but. It's kind of too early to decide if like Zion is a better shooter than. I mean, obviously LeBron is a better shooter right now, but um, currently, but I mean, who knows? In a couple of years, if Zion can find a shot yeah. and like you know, yeah, that's true. But I was just saying, like when you saw Kobe play, Kobe had like the oh. exact same game. Yeah, as exact, exact fadeaway turnaround, like everything. So that everything. was easy to see that with Zion. It's like Zion is more like a more athletic. Shaq, where he's just physically more dominant than the person guarding him, and only because Zion's a little bit smaller and has more handle and all that, he can play from the perimeter and get to the hoop. Shaq, it was just like he came down the court, he went on the block, he put his hand up, and you weren't moving him. And he, I mean, he dominated most people because even Shaq said like the toughest defenders on him were Elijah Wan and Yao Ming because. Well, Yao Ming was just physically taller. Right. And Elijah because of his footwork and all that, was a really good defender against him. So, uh, it, yeah, it's it's just crazy to see kind of where the league goes from here because we know that everybody wants to win by Yama. And who knows, 10 years from now, the league may turn into a bunch of win by Yama, Kevin Durant body types. And I wonder what the league would look like at that point. Chet, where, Chet Holgram, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's where the league's like going now. Although, you know, obviously there'll be different types. You know, the uh, Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey type, John Morant. You know, those players will still be in the league as well. But I, I just wonder what the big man will look like. If we'll just be a bunch of Durant, Wimbayama, Rudy Gobert, who's not like physically like wide or anything, but 
I don't know. It's interesting to see how the league transforms over the next few years. Are there any more um, any topics you have in mind we can talk about as we're on it? I know we did like the um the all star kind of like on the big three, mm-hmm. but um, any any other you know big you know uh, news I, stories? I feel like the big stories right now is just the Hawks situation, Phoenix with Booker out. You know, does Phoenix start? Dipping even more in the West because, I mean, Denver, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Um, who am I missing above them? There's like another team there. But it seems like that top four in the West might start separating a little bit. And I don't know if Phoenix will be able to keep up with that group with Booker out. And if Phoenix looks behind them, Golden State suddenly is starting to play better. Uh, Minnesota's still kind of in that area. Sacramento's still right there. So, you know, is it possible that Phoenix going from title contenders a couple of years ago, that this Booker injury could send them to like a six seed, maybe even like a play-in team? I don't think they'll go that far down, but. I think there's serious questions about them being top four in the West this season. I mean, yeah, I mean, the West, we all we all know that the East are kind of like, you know, you have the Celtics and Nets actually making a run. Um, the Bucks, oh, yeah, hey, talk about the Nets, too. The Nets are, you know, they had all those distractions. You know, we're talking about, you know, Kyrie and Ben Simmons and Durant having feuds with the team, but now they're kind of clicking on all cylinders. Um, they're you know they're uh, right now they are um, actually third in the East, twenty three and twelve, two and a half games, um, two and a half games um, above uh, below the first spot in the East. Um, you got the Sixers right behind them at five. Or no, no, at, at, at Cleveland behind Nets at uh, four with 20, 20, 22 and fourteen, and then you got Philly. I think so, there's serious questions with Philly too. Oh yeah. Um, but just looking at the East compared to the West, I mean, the West is like still wide open. I mean, twenty-three, and uh, the Pelicans hit the number one at West, with number twenty-three and twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver has the same record um, at two. Um, Memphis at twenty-one and thirteen. I mean, even the lower teams like nineteen and nineteen, Jazz are nineteen and nineteen at five hundred. I mean, the Lakers are eight and a half games. I mean. It, I mean, we all know Lakers have, you know, their issues, but um, they're still, you know, can, you know, leap up in the in the, in the the conference. Depending on when AD gets back and if they if, – if Yeah, it depends if, on how far – I'm tired of talking about the Lakers right now because, you know, you know just, my well, comments in the chat. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> my thing is – about Jenny Buss and Robert I'm just Lincoln. worried how they look when AD comes back. How far back are they? You know, can they can they kind of tread water while AD's out? And then even when AD comes back, how many games is it going to take for him to get back to the level he was playing at? And, yeah, I, I remember your whole thing about Genie Plus. And yeah, Rob I'm not going to say that on the air because, you know what I'm saying, that's kind of like, ah. Freddie had his comments. Like, he had her comments. Like. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Freddie has said some wild things about the Lakers. Oh man, I'm just Doug Douglas, man. He's he's a real fan. Doug like... is a legitimate Laker fan that's <laughs> living in reality, and I love it. 
But the thing for me is like I mean, I'm just tired of just talking about all the Lakers and their moves, like because like Jimmy Buss and Rob Palenka. I mean, yes, they got AD on the team. I mean, that brought out the championship. That, I appreciate a that. Big plus for them, they got AD. That's a AD was a top five basketball player at exactly. that point. Exactly, and they got us a ring. I mean, I'm I, I'm happy for that. You know what I'm saying? But like, mm-hmm. as far as this team this year, it's just annoying. I mean, like I said in the group chat, like but the Lakers you can't are put all of that on Palinka. Palinka put AD, LeBron, Russ together. To any any to any NBA fan, you hear those three names together, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a pretty." I good mean, team. actually, actually, Russell's doing pretty good off the bench. Like he's like now, but like, we all knew the answer to that was he wasn't really the the starter. You know, he he can. Ignite that fire under the second team, and which he has, he, you know, had like nine yeah. assists here, like twenty-five points here, ten rebounds here. I mean, he's doing great off the bench. Um, but like we need, like I'm tired of Beverly averaging like zero point five points per game, <laughs> like in a foul, <laughs> like or like I mean, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating that, what that you, line. What were you ex- okay? So. You as a Laker fan, what were you expecting Patrick Beverly to bring to this team? At least a little bit, a little bit, tiny bit of shooting, a little bit to help. Like, when has Patrick Beverly ever done that? Patrick Beverly hasn't been that player since high school, and that's another thing. Patrick Beverly fans, chill with that. Talking about yeah, I'm not high, really school, high school, high school. I mean, I like have... I like Pat Bev when he's like when he, he can get like getting under people's skin because that's what he does. He likes to you know like that works picture for better. championship teams. This Lakers team can't afford that because they're not there. Like, if Patrick Beverly was doing that Golden State last year, people would be like, yo, Patrick Beverly's pretty good. I mean, Golden State already has that with Draymond Green. If he did that on the Bucks, people would be like, yo, Patrick Beverly's kind of good. On this Lakers team that's in 13th, Patrick Beverly's just an annoyance. And I never, I didn't understand that move. For Minnesota... People thought Minnesota was crazy for getting rid of him with all that he brought to them. I I don't I feel like Beverly's antics aren't worth it. And then seeing him on all these podcasts and stuff, it's like, okay, so you just want to be the next Draymond Green, it appears to be. You know, Draymond Green started to be blowing up on the podcast scene. Now Patrick Beverly all of a sudden showing up on ESPN talking all of his, you know, cone and all that kind of stuff. So that's all Beverly's in this for, I guess. Become a big star off the court. Fine. But I mean it's it's like what 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 could Palinka and them do with this current roster? The most attractive players on the Lakers right now might be Lonnie Walker, LeBron, and what? If I'm another team and I call the Lakers about AD, I'd be like, hey, you wanna give us AD? Sure. Don't expect us to trade any of our top, I don't know, six, seven guys in our rotation for him because the minute AD starts playing well, injury. Then he comes back playing well, injury. I can't sacrifice my future for a guy like that. The Lakers made that decision. They were they were kind they were kind of handcuffed at that point because it was just LeBron and a bunch of young players. And we know that's never going to fly with LeBron because he doesn't like teams like that. So they did what they had to do. Pat Beth had 10 points last night. That's 10 on points. Atlanta. 
but, but I'm a fan. Like, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who do, who do they play 10 next? Points, um, 10 points, four for five on the field goal, two for three from the free. Yeah, who, right. who, who do they play next? They play the Hornets next, I think, oh, in January. Hornets are trash, too. But um, Then they play the Heat, Atlanta again. The Cam- I guarantee you against the Heat, he probably scores two or four points. I mean, the Heat are 18-18. Yeah, but the Heat, like I said, the Heat are a frustrating team because they do this. They lay low early in the season, and then they, and then they just take turn it on at some point because that's how Jimmy Butler is mentally. I mean, we have inter- like we have an interesting, uh, an, an interesting stretch. We had the Heat, um, well, the Hornets um, next game, Heat, Atlanta. I mean, Sacramento, um, Nuggets, uh, Mavs, 76ers, Rockets, Kings, and the Grizzlies. And- A lot of tough games in there without AD. Yeah. Like the Hawks, you can beat them because, like I said. Hawks are a mess right now. They don't know what they want to do. But like Sacramento, who's young and all that, they'll probably give them problems. The Heat will give them problems. Although, like I said, the Heat this time of the year, you don't really know what Heat team you're going to get. So, um, like, yeah, with AD out for the month, I think it's like things like 17 games or so he's going to miss. Can the Lakers go 10 and 7 in that stretch? We'll have to see. But if they end up going like 5-12 and 12 or something, they're just going to be further behind. And then at that point, you know, Laker fans will be like, oh, Palenka and Bus make a move. But it's going to be like, what's the point? If they traded for Miles Turner at that point or whatever, is Miles Turner going to all of a sudden turn their season around and make them a title contender? No. So if I'm Rob Palenka, I'd look at him and be like, okay, ride this out. You know, Laker fans may send me hate mail or whatever, but they'll get over it. In the offseason, then we can have conversations with teams like, hey, you know, AD, you brought us a ring in that bubble season when a lot of weird stuff around the world. You know, we had the break. You came back. You were healthy. You let us, you helped us get a ring. Cool. We might have to start shopping you because... You know, we have LeBron for, what, another year or two, at least on his current contract. And I just don't know how many more years we can have like this where a lot of hype coming into the season, but we're just not that good. So you try to sell them off, whether it's first-round picks and, like, a couple of young players, fine. With Westbrook, you know, I feel like him coming off the bench – if he's open to it for the rest of his career, cool. But if Westbrook's just doing it for this year and then comes in the offseason like, yo, I need to be a starter or I'm out of here, then you got to go, okay, maybe we move Westbrook too. And then it, it might be another year of kind of mediocrity, but then you hope maybe some of the young players come up and then you trade them or something. I just don't see an easy fix for this Lakers team. And I think Laker fans are stuck with, we have LeBron right now, so fix it now. I just don't know you can. And then it's going to come to the point where media people might be telling LeBron, hey, why are you, why are you wasting your last few years in L.A.? Get out. And then for Rob Palenka, that's going to be like, crap, we just turned into the Cavs. Where LeBron came in, Got, got them the ring, and then when LeBron left, Cleveland was stuck with a bunch of 
aging players and what else? Yeah, I mean, you bring up you, you bring up good, good points. I mean, the question I don't know what I mean I don't know what we give for. I mean, obviously, all we need is really is some like perimeter shooters, three and D type players. How do you find that? Because like I, I said, the Buddy Heel thing might be off the table because the Pacers are pretty good right now. And I don't see why they would get rid of Buddy Heald when they could possibly be top five in the East. Seems like they're going places. I would think Buddy Heald, they might want to pair him with Halliburton, who's like leading the league in assists. He's got to pass to somebody. I, I think in order in, in in order for us to make a move, we have it has to be like a, like a three team trade. It has to be um, with another with another team. I mean, that's, that's the only that's true. I, um, I don't know what teams or what is going to be involved, but I mean, I do get kind of like Genie buses and like Rob Plink is like, I guess, frustration because they're kind of like they had a bet against the wall. I mean, they, they don't know what. Yeah, but, the team stinks and they're kind of handcuffed with what they can really do to make I mean, the team they're, better. I mean, I, I, I guess they do stink, but look at the record. They're kind of like. They're, they're under 500. They're under 500, but they can That's definitely turn around. It's mediocrity. It is. It is. I agree. And that's but the I, worst place to be in the NBA. You don't want to. Don't want to be a I mean, team a, I mean look at the six. Warriors. I mean, what they're like below five hundred too, right? And but they're missing. The Warriors might be at five hundred now. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're shoot. I mean, they have problems of their own. I mean, I think I I, I feel like every team had a had a problem or two on their on their team. Like the Warriors were at least are at least the current NBA champion. So they are yeah. they, they they just came off of a long season. Oh, yeah, Kurt, they're nineteen and eighteen, but still they're nine. And we're like, yeah, but with them, they're coming off a long season, so it was natural they're going to start slow this year because they're not they're not the youngest team either. But people know who the Warriors are, but the Warriors also have a good blend of veterans and young players. Lakers don't have that. So that's why if I look at the Warriors, I can feel more optimistic this season. With the Lakers, I just don't see the optimism. So with the Lakers, like where he's hitting the bar, it's like a, a playing a playing team. That's what they've basically been. LeBron's tenure in LA, a playing team. There was the one year with the bubble that they won it all, but look at the other years in LA. His first year, he said he was going Project Dark and staying off social media. Lakers missed the playoffs, and they had some bad wins in that stretch. I mean, bad losses. I remember they lost like a game to a Hawks team and like some other bottom dwellers. And I was just like, okay, this is playoff mode for LeBron. Missed it. I think the next year, I'm trying to think, how many years has LeBron been in LA? Is this his fourth year? Third or fourth? Third. But I think this might be his fourth year. In it's looking like three out of the four years, they're either a playing team or completely missing the playoffs. That's not a success in any way. And I'm pretty sure Palinka did not sign on for that when they brought LeBron here. They thought, hey, we might get four straight championships. Might get a three-peat. No, not even close. Yeah, I think what messed us up was like the Russell Westbrook trade, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that kind of like locked us up. Like for with signing, you know, I mean, I feel like we, there was a who, who there, they there, give up in that trade. I don't know. Uh, I think it was, like, like, it was like Kuzma, Kuzma, 
much Laker fans didn't uh, even like Cooper when they made Paul, that trade. Caldwell Pope, I think. Laker fans didn't even like Caldwell Pope. I mean, he gave us a little bit of shooting here and there. Uh, Laker fans couldn't st- – because I used to hear Laker fans complain about Caldwell Pope, and then he went off. He started playing well. I was like, oh, man, I wish we had him. A Caruso, uh, well, that was a big one. I missed Caruso. Caruso is a more talented Pat Beverly. He's known for defense. He'll score a little bit more. Caruso's compare, not, can, not the I compare him to like game. I compare him to Austin Reeves, like how he can like you know go off in the spurts, dunk. Even Austin Reeves, I feel like Austin Reeves has fallen off the past few weeks. I don't, I don't know why we we got rid of Matt Ryan. Like they're, they're the only good three point shooter. <laughs> same reason the I guess, Celtics. I guess the same reason spot. the Celtics got rid of Matt Ryan. You can uh, find guys better than Matt Ryan. Yeah. But I think he gave us that 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 three point that three point. You know. Has he signed on anywhere else? No. Well, I thought he. Uh, I thought we trade. I thought we waited them to, to create a roster spot or two for other players, just in case. You know who Matt Ryan's going to be? He'll probably be like a G League superstar. Uh, I, I didn't know Matt Ryan was on, was on the Celtics. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on the Celtics this year, and then they chose Sam Hauser over him because Hauser does a little bit more on the court than Matt Ryan does. That's why when the Lakers signed him and, you know, Lakers, oh, we got a shooter. I was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> uh, I will always say what killed the Lakers was Palenka and them wanted to make the deal for Buddy Heald. LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. That's what killed them. And then now to turn around and be like, hey, we need Buddy Heald. You could have had him. I don't – I still understand – I mean, I guess maybe LeBron just wanted Westbrook's mentality around because we know Westbrook is a dude. He steps on the court, he's going to give everything he has, and I respect that about Westbrook. That's why I'm a big fan of his, you know. But he has limitations. He knows it. We all know it. Late in the game, when it comes down to it, you need buckets. Westbrook's not the best shooter. We get that. And if he's on the court with LeBron, a lot of times the driving lanes just aren't there because those are the driving lanes that LeBron's going to try to take. So it's it was never going to be a good fit, and it's I mean it's not it's not like out of the possibility that the reason why Westbrook actually looks good now is he's coming off the bench, so it's limiting the time that they have on the court together. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean hey, I think yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Laker fans, just, Laker fans, just, just, just sit back, enjoy the bubble championship. It might be the last good thing you have for the next couple of years, but cherish that moment because, like I said, I don't see this year getting any better, and then next year, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. If I'm Palinka, let this year ride out. Making a trade at the trade deadline is just going to do what? So you don't think a trade would, would 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 at least give us a little bit of help? You're saying it is let it let the season out? What let the season ride out? Help shooting, help help shooting, help help. I just don't see where that shooting's coming from. I mean, I don't know who's on the market. I don't know who's on the market at the trade deadline. I'm not sure. Like, but... I mean. 
shooters who will probably be available. Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trying to think. It's going to be tough. I mean, the Lakers got to hope the Pacers kind of fall into the playing area and then maybe Buddy Hill becomes available. But if I'm Indiana, what from the Lakers would I want for Buddy Heald? At that point, the Pacers probably would want draft picks. Lakers don't have that for the next few years. And I think that's another part that's handcuffing Rob Palenka. And I feel like, um, you know, I think Russell's contract ends, I think, after this season, right? Because contract, so. so that's a lot of money that we can, you know. Who do you spend that money on? Hey, people want to come for the liquor just because other historic, they're historic. Just like people want to play with the Yankees. I mean, they want to play with a franchise story, story franchise. Not every player would fit with. LeBron. I mean, not not every Play's player, not, but I'm saying that people want to play. You spend that money on. I mean, that, it that doesn't matter. With LeBron I guess, and AD. At that I point. guess my philosophy is it doesn't matter. Like I guess it does matter the record a little bit, but I mean, it's just the fact that I mean, hey, people want to put on that. Purple and gold jersey, that, that that's that's great. I mean, NBA players will put on any jersey as long as you pay them. And who's to say, in the next few years, people don't want to go to New Orleans to play with Zion? They don't want to go to Denver to play with Jokic. They don't want to go to Memphis to play with John Morant. I'm I don't know how how high the Lakers are on that list anymore. I mean, I feel like it's for the players who have played there and stuff. I'm like, oh, like maybe I can etch my name in. Well, that's that's like any city. The same way people say nobody wants to go play in Boston. Al Horford signed there, and Al Horford loves the city. KG got traded there, and KG said he wished he'd been there his whole career. So, you know, the the way that people look at these cities is like they they think all the cold weather cities. Players don't want to go there. They think players only want to go to Miami or L.A. or, I mean, they say New York because New York's the mecca of whatever, even though the Knicks haven't been relevant since, I don't know, 95. But I I, I hear people with that, and I'm just like, players will go wherever. Giannis, they tried to get Giannis up out of Milwaukee. What would Giannis say? No, I'm staying here. I remember Stephen A. Smith was pushing hard for Giannis to go to Miami. Pushing it every day on TV. Yo, if I'm Giannis, I'm getting up out of there. I'm going to Miami. Giannis was like, I'm good. And that's how I respect about Giannis, too. Giannis, I mean, mean, Milwaukee wouldn't be be the current Milwaukee team without Giannis, man. Giannis is – Yeah, but, but but to the NBA like to NBA Twitter and stuff, Giannis shouldn't be in a city like Milwaukee. They yeah, don't think I he mean, could be marketed in Milwaukee. Giannis is one of the biggest stars in the world, and, and he's in Milwaukee. Giannis doesn't need a stage like New York or L.A. to be a star. He's already true. one. Yeah, I mean, he's a, obviously a global global athlete. So, yeah, he definitely, you know, yeah. The way he the way he plays and the way like you know he's 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 meant 
to that Milwaukee team. Like he's he can actually pull players to play to play Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Yeah, that's but, all. Like it's different. It's not the '90s anymore. The '90s where it's like. You know, if you wanted to be a star, you had to be in New York or L.A. because that's where all the marketing money was. This social media age, you could be a star in name the city. You could be a star in it. So, yeah, I think that is a little bit different now. Yeah. I guess we can switch over to um, the NFL. Um, and then last week, we, we can touch on the, the college football games at the end of the show. Um, so NFL, we can go over um, the um, what was it, week sixteen, week week sixteen games because yeah. this week is week seventeen. Yes. Um, so we, I know you're excited to talk about the NFL. So let's go to uh, score the games. All right, so I mean, we all watched that Jaguars Jets game, nineteen and three. Jaguars won. Me, you, and Dylan have said that you know Jaguars should have went out, um, so they beat the Jets. Yep. Uh, I think they play. Who do they play this week? They play the um. um oh, they play the Texans, so they miss. I think they should win, and then they play with the Titans, the last game of the uh, week eighteen. So. Yep. Um. So I mean, nothing to talk talk about that gaming. I mean. Um, they were booing Zach Wilson, you know, the New York fans, and then they put in this no-name uh, squad QB. I which... mean, that, that's New York. They're they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna boo whoever and then cheer whoever comes in for them. Right. I mean, it was a struggler or whatever. Never heard I have of the no guy. Idea. But... That dude looked like the lizard or not lizard king. Um, the um, who that dude that um, not lizard king. Um. Oh, what's his uh, the the big the white dude with the beard, um, Jack dude, uh, I yeah I, I can't think of mm, I don't know what's his name though. No, it's not Lizard King. It's uh, I have no idea. Oh, you're talking about the. The fitness dude. Yeah, but he got caught. Whatever. Like the comparison, like that's what I thought he looked like. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that game was just. I mean, there's I mean, there's some times there's some time there's some times when Jets they could have like you know tied the game it was like what three to ten I think, and there were some chances where. Uh, the Jets think you were in scoring position, but they never could have got – they never could get into the end zone. I mean, they had to kick a field goal. I know it was a, rain, a, a, a game that was a messy day of raining, but, I mean, the Jags played better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, had, they had the better quarterback. I mean, yeah, that's, that's – There was times where they were like, oh, how come they – with uh, Mike White out, how come they didn't put in Joe Flacco? Maybe the better arm for that game. Maybe – in a, in a sense, I mean, that's the, that's the only option with Mike White out. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably tells that, you something that they brought in Struggler instead of Joe Flacco. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some plays where, whatever his name was, he, he was a 
he made a couple good plays, you know, because mm-hmm. the Jags didn't really – they didn't even know he was going to be in the game until, like, you know, I don't think they had a game plan for him because, you know, he didn't have a game plan for a practice If they did, then kudos to them. I doubt they even thought about him. But now there's talks that, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson – I mean, oh, we can talk about a lot of quarterbacks this year. Derek Carr uh, and Zach Wilson. Um, you know, they're, they might be on the, on the market. Um, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. – yeah. I don't. I don't know what team. I don't. Uh, the way he plays, I don't know. In the way he handles himself in the media, like, but him not taking accountability, like, what team would want that? Um, I, I mean, mean you just put him in a market that's not New York. I mean, so what team would you want him to go to, like, in the offseason? Like, what team would be? Uh Patriots. That's like. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't last with. Belichick. Uh, could he go to the Rams? Sean McVay may, you know, may want that. Could he go? Thinking of teams that need a quarterback, I mean, the Falcons will probably get one, but I mean, they just drafted Ritter last year. So they, they'll probably go with a veteran. To help him out. I mean, they have Mariota, so that's probably not it. Carolina, you got Sam Darnold. Mm. I mean, Carolina just went through that with Baker Mayfield as a guy who kind of came in with a personality. I don't know if they'd want to do that two years in a row with Zach Wilson. It might be tough for Zach Wilson to find a job. I don't know. I... (laughs) He's got to do a lot of soul searching because he could end up out of the league. He could be end up he could end up as one of those dudes who gets drafted like Johnny like, Manziel like, like in a couple of years, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, Zach Wilson, I remember that dude." He might end up like that, like a like a Johnny Manziel, like had a one good maybe one good one good season, and then boom. Well, I mean, Man, well, Manziel had his. Off the field issues. Oh yeah, I'm saying as far as it's like quarter, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, like that. Coming with a lot of hype and a lot of hype, you know. I I, I don't know if that wasn't even had a hype. I mean, from BYU, it it was ridiculous. They said he was, they said he was Patrick Mahomes-esque at BYU, which was a lie. But all they saw was he scrambled around a lot and he liked to throw the ball deep. So they said Patrick Mahomes, and then once that was said. Everybody knew he was going to shoot up the draft board. I mean, he shot up all the way to, what, number two? But he's definitely not a number two type talent. But, hey, the Jets made that move. And, you know, hopefully they're man enough to move off of that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. That Wilson should sign a deal with, oh, man, I don't know why. But I mean, that's kind of the jokes that are going to come from Zach Wilson's story now. And at this point, only he can fix that. In the offseason, he's going to have to prove to the Jets, to the NFL, that, you know, he's mature enough to be the quarterback and he's willing to take accountability. Because if he doesn't do that this offseason, He'll be a guy who's going to sit out there weeks on end in the offseason. 
He's going to be one of those who's going to have to hope for some quarterback to get injured somewhere for him to get a chance. Yeah. Yeah, the market is kind of slim for it's that. Tr- it's freaking by the day for him, yeah. Um, I think Mike White's back, so he's probably going to be starting against the Seahawks in week 18 or week 17. So mm-hmm. he might start the rest of the way, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, Seahawks uh, lose to the Chiefs. The Falcons uh, lose to the Ravens, seventeen to nine. Commanders, Forty uh, Niners, Niners beat Commanders. Bills beat the uh, the Bears. Saints beat the Browns. Uh, Vikings beat the Giants on a game-winning field goal. Um, Bengals mm-hmm. beat your Patriots, twenty-two to eighteen. Which I thought the Patriots were going to come back and beat them, but uh, to help us out, but. I don't know. And what is the deal with your quarterback tripping people, sitting down and tripping people? Like, what is that? He did that against the Raiders, and he did that against the Browns. Like, what is that? What is his deal with that? I don't he know. Just pop, he just popped his ass on the turf and just freaking just chips people. Like, I don't know. I mean, quarterbacks do weird <laughs> things. I I can't explain it. I'm also not going to do the whole Ryan Clark thing where he acted like it was the wildest thing he's ever seen. Like, calm down, buddy. Like I get it, it doesn't look good, but yeah, because like, I mean, to Ryan to Ryan Clark, you would have thought he pulled an Antonio Brown, which I mean, Antonio Brown jumped up and kicked a kicker in the face. Like that's way worse. Yeah, that's true, it, boy, it wasn't yeah. even necessary. Yeah, well, it was. He's, he's, he's on TV talking about, oh, Mac Jones is dirty. He's Grayson Allen of the NFL. Have you seen what Grayson Allen's done on the court? He's done way worse than Mac Jones. Yeah, but. It's he's, just weird. I, I don't know. What it, it, is. it is weird. I don't know what. I don't know what. I and mean, he tried to tackle what? Who was it? Uh, I guess the Raiders. I mean, he's got. He's got put to the well, ground. I mean that. That was Chandler Jones, who's like six eight. I don't I mean, know what, he, what was I Mac he Jones going to do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think man. that that's what it was. Mac Jones was kind of getting out of the way and hoping he could like grab his like, foot and trip. It, it reminded me of that um in the All Star game a couple years ago. I know they do a funny games and never. I, I think it was like. Was it Giannis or LeBron coming for a full court dunk and Curry just like laying out on the ground like mm-hmm. to get out the way? It kind of reminded me of that. Like. Yeah. But I mean, what would Mac Jones really do to Chandler Jones? Chandler Jones should run over him. So if I'm <laughs> Mac, my best bet would be get low, maybe grab his <laughs> foot, and hopefully trip him. Because if he does that, at least he stays the game. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what people were expecting him to do. Um, look at the Lions, Panthers. Panthers beat the um, Lions, start seven twenty three. Texans beat the Titans, uh, four, uh, nineteen to fourteen. Um, e- that Eagles Cowboys game was something else. Um, forty thirty four Cowboys, um, and then thirteen ten Steelers. Uh, I guess the Raiders, and then um, on Sunday it was uh, that was the Saturday games. Um, and then on Sunday Christmas, um, the Packers beat the Dolphins. Um. The yeah. Rams beat, with, destroyed the Broncos. Tua with his third concussion of the year. Yeah. Oh. That, that sucks for him. And then 19-16, the Cardinals. Um, Buccaneers uh, Buccaneers beat the Cardinals in overtime. Um, so the playoff picture, standings, um, the conference, and, and the Bills leading 12-3. Actually, the Steelers or the Chiefs are – 
tied um, both at eight, um, eight, uh, point eight hundred with 12 and 3 records. Bengals are trying to get that top spot on that. But they but they play the Bills. Um, they play the Bills in week uh, this week, week 17, on a live game of Monday Night Football. Um, if they win that, they own the tiebreaker against the Bills and the Chiefs. Yes, this is Brett. Yeah, uh, that, that gave it away. <laughs> go, Pat, go. Hopefully we can beat the Vikings tomorrow. It's going to be a tough, tough. Uh, tough, oh, tough, though. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a tough one because, like, you know, like uh, Jair Alexander was talking crap to Justin Jefferson. Uh, how do you what think about that? You think that, you know? I mean, that's what cornerbacks do. Cornerbacks and wide receivers, are the they, they talk the most on any football team. So, is it expected? Yeah. Was it dumb? Definitely. Because Jefferson torched your team the first time you met. You want to come out and say it was a fluke. So, if that was a fluke, Justin Jefferson wouldn't be on the verge of eclipsing 2,000 yards. So, he's clearly had a pretty good season. So, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a fluke. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Kirk Cousins targets Justin Jefferson all day. And let's see what Jair Alexander can do about it. I mean, and I'm I'm pretty sure that Justin Jefferson did not respond to Jair Alexander. I think he's more he of like it. he's like I feel like his philosophy is more of like all talk, no action. So he's just kind of prove it. You know, he's on the, he's on the better team. What does he really need to say? Exactly. Packers may not make the playoffs. Why worry about him? Right. Exactly. Um, but just for Brett's Brett's philosophy, Brett's. Um, it's a bad idea, Jefferson. Yeah, top two receiver. Uh, the top two receiver in NFL, and he ain't too. But the entire first game, Jair didn't even didn't cover Jefferson for one snap. So hopefully, it changes and now they can back it up. Yeah, hopefully that's the keyword. Hopefully. Well, I mean, if he's going to talk about him like that, then he better better, he better, he better cover him. Up. Yeah, he can't better pull it up. where he's on the opposite side of the field after what you just said. No, I want you lining up against him. All day. Yeah, it's gonna be a. I'm not sure if that's gonna be a national televised game. I'm not sure. I'm. I don't know. What time? What time? Block um, is that? Because I want to see that. If it's in the four o'clock block, then I guarantee that that's probably gonna be the game that's on for most of the country. Uh, oh, definitely four twenty-five. Yeah, that's the game everybody's gonna see. So any any uh, more reactions from week seventeen than uh, that you have? Oh, uh, three twenty. Well, Brett yeah, said three twenty five, but four twenty five. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's four twenty five for us in the East. Um, I mean, it it's shaping up for an interesting end of the season between, I guess, Bengals, Ravens, Jaguars, Titans. Um, the whole NFC seven seed. Who's going to get it between, I guess, the Packers, Seahawks, Commanders? Uh, the Giants look like they're going to make the playoffs after everything that they've gone through this year. Um, I mean, the AFC, basically one through six, kind of locked up at this point. But between the seventh seed with the, I guess, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, who gets that? I mean, the whole Derek Carr situation with the Raiders is crazy. And if he ends up leaving, which I'm assuming at this point he can't go back, what do they do with him? Because 
you know, the Jets, I'm sure, would love to have a Derek Carr over Zach Wilson and Mac and Mike White. There's obviously going to be the rumors about uh, the Patriots because, you know, if Josh McDaniels needs a quarterback, he has a history with Mac Jones, as he does with Jared Stidham, which is probably why, you know, Stidham's starting. But Stidham's the backup. I don't even know if they have a third quarterback there. You know, would the Raiders go get Mac Jones, who's a better, who's better than Jared Stidham? And if that happens, does Derek Carr then just go to New England? Because I believe Belichick has a lot of respect for Derek Carr. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of lot of different ways that these last two weeks. I I don't. I mean, it's it's just gonna be wild for the NFL. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know uh, my team beat the Falcons, I mean, 1907. So, I mean, that clinched us with playoff berth, um, but that win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was kind of relying on the Patriots to beat the Bengals because, I mean, they were close to it. Um, you know, they they it was right. I mean, I forgot what happened at the end. I was going crazy. Well, Stevenson fumbled. Yeah, mm-hmm. he fumbled on, like, the what, two-yard line. No, it was, it was like the seven, I think. He was fighting for extra yards, and uh, Bengals' corner came in, punched out of his hand. Yeah, that's that's how it seems right. like the last yeah, few games of the uh, Patriots have ended crazy. They probably get caught, or they make a trade with the Packers for either Rodgers or Jordan Love would be my best guess. Love has shown some really good flashes, so I think sometimes we'll, someone will offer him a decent offer. Me? Me? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, I mean, if I, if Jordan Love, at this point, I'd, I'd be like, I got to go somewhere else if if uh, Rodgers comes back for another year with the Packers. That'd be, what, year four of Jordan Love just sitting around? And that's a lot to, that's a lot to ask of a young quarterback that you drafted in the first round to then sit for a fourth year behind a guy. So... If I'm love, I'd want to get out unless they move Rodgers. I mean, there's going to be some interesting moves in the quarterback oh, yeah. class. Derek because... Carr, Tom Brady, his, you know, his, mm-hmm. he might – I heard he might go back to the Patriots. I heard he might go they're, they're to the uh, Raiders. They talked uh, the Niners because that's where his team growing up was the Niners. Uh, the Raiders because of Josh McDaniels. You'll hear his name thrown all over the place. Yeah, uh, you got Miami. Matt Stafford with his injury. Does he come back? Does he retire? Does he, what do they do? Um, even Aaron Rodgers, oh, yeah. we've seen the past few off seasons. Usually, some drama around him. What what is it going to be this year? God, quarterback carousel is going to be interesting. And then you got the two guys that everybody's fighting for in college: C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. What happens with them? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's gonna be an interesting office with, with quarterback Derek Carr, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, what do they do with Trey Lance when he comes back? You know, is, is he gonna start? Is Jimmy G gonna start? Is he gonna go somewhere else? I heard Jimmy G might uh it will be a good fit for the Jets, another option for them. Um I can't see Jimmy G going back there. I mean, this year they were basically cut him off until they needed him. Didn't even give him a playbook until You don't see uh, okay, so you don't see him them come back to San Francisco? I can't see that after yeah, this neither. past offseason, no. Um, even Tua now, you got a question. Tua, yeah, with the concussion history. Or even just Miami. If Miami thinks they could get Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure they'll 
they'll dump Tua in a heartbeat, no matter what he does this year. And for Tua himself, I think he's going to have to take a serious look in the mirror and be like, can I really do this for another year? I mean, three concussions is a lot. It is, really. And now everybody's going to be worried every time he takes a hit. It's going to be like, is he okay? a fourth one? Can he sustain a fourth one? I, I feel. I mean, I feel bad for him because it seemed like this year he was finally playing well after everybody questioned him as a quarterback. You know, they were like, oh, Alabama quarterbacks haven't been that good in the NFL. Tua looks like just another one of these guys. But he's playing well this year. And then he, he just, I don't know. He's just living in concussion protocol now. Yeah, I mean, like the thing that, you know, all the tests come out with like CTE on the brain, like how 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 many concussions can a quarterback withstand, um, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so that's one all thing. All bad about that is you, you don't know C- CTE until they die. That's the wild part about it. Like they can't look into his brain now and be like, oh, he has CTE. They can only guess if he'll eventually have it. And that's, I think, the scary part for, you know, young kids playing football for parents. I'm sure that's in their back of their mind when their kid's out there playing. But there's only, it's only so much you can really do about it. That's true. That's true. Um, so I guess we can t- uh, jump into the um, the Week 17 previews. Um, so... I think the first game on the schedule was Titans Cowboys or Titans Cowboys. Cowboys won 2713. Um Josh Dobbs played. Uh I think Malik Willis played like a couple drives and then they put Dobbs in. Um I thought Dobbs Do- started because they oh, started. they basically benched Willis for his performance, but I mean, could you say Josh Dobbs was any better? Yeah, I think no. Dobbs, yeah, he started the whole. Yeah, he started yeah. the whole game. Um, I mean, he did two hundred thirty-two yards, yeah. two, sacked two times, one touchdown. They um, still struggle to score, but yeah. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is pretty good. So, uh, I mean, I I guess Dobbs kind of has to be your starter the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, and so then we had um, the one o'clock game, first one o'clock game on ESPN of uh, the Broncos Chiefs. And, it's a division game. Um, Casey's um, 12 and a half point favorite in that game. So, as they should be, I mean, the Broncos got destroyed against the Rams. I'm, I messed up. And then um, in my fantasy, I didn't put Cam Akers in. I mean, um, he put me, he put out like 30 can't re- points. I can't really blame you for that because Cam Akers hasn't really done He's much. been like up and down. So, I was, yeah. like, I was like, why would I start him? And then all of a sudden, he went off against the, he had like 34, yeah. 37. But, but as we see now with them firing Hackett, the team. Just quit on Hackett, so. Right. Um, San Francisco with Raiders. Um, Raiders are – or San Francisco is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Brock Purdy keeps winning. Yeah, they – I think they retired his jersey um, for Mr. Irrelevant. Um, he didn't retire – they didn't retire him, but he retired the jersey for, yeah. you know, being, you know, Mr. Irrelevant and then him winning, like, three straight games as a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it proves there's several ways to win games in the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah of course. 
Because everybody's talking about, oh, get the flashy mobile quarterback. Well, if your team's not built that way, it doesn't really matter. Um, the game, they, they got flexed. Uh, and my team, Ravens-Steelers, um, 8-20. Um, division game, Baltimore is a two-point favorite on their home. Um, I think it was, I think last week or the big three, they were like, I think it was like a four-and-a-half-point favorite, I think. But I, I think tell you something. Pickett's playing, so I should tell you something. But they're still prepared to win. Um, ten and five, two or seven and eight, and the Ravens. There are some storylines. I mean, if the Ravens do win, um, it does make them closer to getting the divisional spot. And also, if they win, um, it will be the first time um, if they win. If Steelers lose, I think the Steelers are out of the playoffs. But it also be. Um, Mike Tomlin's first like losing season. Um, yep. Tomlin has had a winning record. I think I'm assuming he had a 500 record last year because I'm assuming if this is his first year being a first year probably being a losing season because I don't think they're in the yeah, playoffs I, last year. I think they finished 500 last 500, year. 500. So yeah, this will be their first. Um, but well, I'll see like Steelers are they're in the mix, but I mean, I mean we can look that up. I'm not sure like what their record was. I'm trying to think. If they had 17 games last year, that he couldn't finish 500. So he'd had to have been nine and eight last year. But yeah, as you're, but I'm looking at that, you can like, you know. But I, th- I mean, I think recently there was a year where it was in jeopardy, and he ended up finish eight and eight. Uh, I mean, it's it's a crazy record to have with. You know, an NFL that's full of free agency and all that kind of stuff. Um, with the Ravens, you know, being one of the better teams in that division for past few years, the Bengals coming up. So the Steelers are kind of the third best team in that division to always finish at or above 500. Uh, so the Steelers were 9-7-1. and one. Oh, yeah, they had a tie last year. Okay. Yeah. All um, right, but still are seven and eight this year, so. And I think he gets over five hundred. I think the Steelers find a way to get to nine and eight this year. Well, who I, don't, is, I don't think they get in, but I think their um who who's their last opponent this year? They play. I think it's the Browns. I think. I think it's I think it's the kind of like division. Yeah, last week, week is the last week's division game, so it has to be the Browns next week. Yeah. It has to be the Browns. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I know and, you're right. Uh, and I see them playing the, I see them beating the Browns. Steelers, yeah, they're gonna probably gonna. Oh, uh, they're you know, like like we always said, they're um, there's no times yet. Uh, they're on TBD to be determined. Yeah, time. yeah. Uh, they're gonna make sure that they schedule next week for. They're gonna put all the quality games that mean something at the right time for people to watch it. Um. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, so they're going to the Cardinals. Um, Another sucky game. Uh, four and eleven. The Cardinals at five and ten. Falcons. Atlanta's supposed to be five and a half point favorites. Um, see uh, Chicago and Lions. And that that's only because Colt McCoy can't play for the Cardinals, and they're starting. Is it David Blau? Who last time he played a game, he played with the Lions. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chicago Lions. Um, Detroit is actually a six-point favorite in um, that game. Um, 
then your team plays in Miami. Um, that's going to be a good one. Seven and eight. Uh, New England is supposed to be two and a half point favorites. Uh, Going up against Colts. Teddy Two Gloves. Oh, yeah, because two is out. Yep. I mean, I like yeah. Bridgewater. I do. Yeah, he gives that unique, that unique, you know, that 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 Russian, you know, quarterback he can throw the ball to. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you have the pieces with Waddle and Hill. So, I mean. And he's also a guy who's dealt with concussion issues in his career, too. Yeah, so that's another big storyline. Um, Colts, Giants. The Giants are a five and a half point, five and a half point favorite. Eagles, five and a half point favorite against the Saints. Um, yeah. Panthers, Buccaneers. Um, Tampa. the division. If Carolina wins their last two games, they win that division. Ain't that something? Hey, hey, Steve Wilkes. You know he. Everybody said he was trash when he was the Cardinals coach that one year. He's done pretty good in Carolina. He dealt with three quarterbacks, P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. None of them have been pretty good. Found ways to stay in the division. Traded Christian McCaffrey. Found a way to stay in the in the race. They traded Robbie Anderson. Found a way to stay in the race. So, yes, the Bucks are worse than most people thought. But, I mean, hey. That's that's the hand they were dealt, and they're still in it. Right. Uh, so we are hitting the almost an hour and a half minute mark, but um, let's uh, so let's quickly go over like game of the week for seven. Uh, game of the week, lock of the week, outside of the week. Uh, so uh, let's quickly go over though. So, so I guess since the Ravens got flexed to Sunday night, um, what's your prediction on that? Um, on that game. I've let it know. Let it be known. I think the Steelers win that game. I, if Kenny Pickett finishes that game, they win, because, you know, Tyler Huntley, starting well, Snoop Huntley. I guess all of a sudden he's Snoop Huntley, but the Ravens, they're going to give you thirteen to sixteen points. That's kind of their cap right now, and I think. Pickett in the offense, especially the way George Pickens has come on lately, I could see them getting 20 points off the Ravens and winning that game like 2016. Is it be fitting for the AFC North? That's the way that, especially Steelers, Ravens over the years, the games are always like 2016, 2017, you know, 23, 20, something like that. But I feel like with Tomlin and that record being in jeopardy, the whole Franco Harris aspect of it, where the Steelers are, you know, real emotional about that. You know, I mean, of course, a lot of the players, you know, Franco Harris is just a whatever, but, you know, I think Tomlin and Franco Harris had a great friendship or something like that. So I think he'll have that team ready to go. The fact that they're still somewhat in the playoff race works in his favor as well. Because I think the players will be looking at it like, hey, the Dolphins are reeling. You know, the Patriots have been off this year. The Jets have their own issues. You know, why can't we sneak in to that seventh seed? And I I think they'll they'll play their best game against the Ravens. And it's whether or not the Ravens' offense can do enough or the Ravens' defense, you know, picks off Pickett or – you know, sacks them a few times to kill drives and forces them 
to kick field goals instead of getting touchdowns, then that would kind of balance it out more for the Ravens. But if the Steelers get to like 20, 21 points, I think they win this game. I mean, just the fact that um, the Ravens, you know, they have clinched the playoff spots. They don't have to worry about, you know, not missing the playoffs. But the fact well, that they, they have – They have to worry about seeding because the charges are yeah, coming up so they could, they could fall back to six. They don't want They don't want six. They'd rather stay at five, face the AFC South winner, and then get that as your first game. You fall to six, you might see the Bengals again. You might see the Chiefs. You might see the Bills, and I don't think the Ravens want that opening round. If they win the but, division, at least you get the, that game at home, and you're going against, I don't know, maybe the Dolphins or yeah, like I was saying, like yeah, like yeah, like I was saying that, like I mean, the fact that yeah, the Steelers, you know, they're hungry, they want to get in the playoffs, and they want to win for you know Franco Harris, and you know, um, but the fact that the Ravens have, you know, I've already. Clinch the spot in the playoffs. They want to clinch that division. So obviously, if they went out, um, obviously the, the last game being the Bengals, because um, mm-hmm. things could happen. Bengals could, like, well, get into Bengals could lose to the Bills. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the line is still very, very close for that game. I think it's uh, Buffalo is a half point favorite. So I think it was a one point favorite. Big three podcast on Tuesday, so it's been flip flop, but I think it's Bill's been two point favorites and then flip flop to one and a half and it was one. So and that game's in Buffalo, right? It is, it is. So it's gonna be tough. That's, it's gonna be that's tough. telling you something right there too. Yeah, that mean well, you said that they get like points off the bat, right? For being you, you get three right? points for being at home. If the line is down to half a point, that basically means that they played neutral site, Vegas thinks the Bengals beat the Bills. And with it being at home, they're looking at like Bengals could steal that game. And I think they yeah. can't. I think they can as well. But, you know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that like in a minute or so. But, yeah, yeah but, I, I mean, the Ravens, that, you know, the Ravens need to take care of their own business. That's, that's what I'm saying. They don't, like, we they don't, our, they don't we care. Our own as far as how yeah. yeah, so they don't, they don't I mean, care what happens with Bengals and Bills. They need to win. Against so, technically, the so, so technically, if we – if we beat the Steelers and then the Bengals beat the, the Bills, I mean, we're still fighting it's for the division. Down but next week, yes. say, if, say if we lose and then the Bengals still lose, we're still fighting for the division, right? Yes. So yeah. either way, it's like a win-win, lose-lose. So, um, But obviously we will want to, you know, sweep the Steelers for the season series. Um, I know like 16-14, I think the final score was, I think, with Pickett did play and then he went down and then, Trubisky, Trubisky started, threw it away. Threw it away. Um, but I mean, I see with, with the way our defense is playing. I, I mean, Pickett. I mean, he, obviously he's a rookie this year, so we, we haven't really seen what he can do like in the in the playoffs or anything with that. But the fact that you know he's still a rookie QB against his talented defense, like, I mean, obviously we're not we're, we're not the Raiders' defense. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're like top two in like. Defense, I think, are the top two defensive teams in the league. So, um, um that, that, that proves our defense is still hang, hanging with the best of the best. Um, obviously, it was you know, I've always reiterated that the proves, signing of Raquan Smith or proves the teams that they played against were, mm. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, if I think I about think, it, 
other than early any... in the season, they've played a lot of teams that, you know, like Carolinas and stuff like that, where their offense isn't yeah. all that good. So Yeah, you have a point. Pickett might be the best quarterback that they've seen in, in some weeks. Um, I, I see Pickett on a couple picks this game because of the fact that I, I don't see I don't see Pickett having a clean game against us. Um, I feel like I think Calais yeah. Campbell coming back. I think he's questionable to return or he's on that list. I know Peters and Lamar are definitely out. Let's say out for this game. Um, Holmes coming in the quarterback. Oh, Peters is out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's healthy, but I think he's just, just, just like Lamari. They're waiting, and just I think there was a report that um, I think it was from an official verified like Ravens Insider, Ravens Insider, um, like their analyst, and she was saying how like the reported timetable like from like for real Lamar's PCL strain was like one to three weeks. And that's mm-hmm. not. She said that that wasn't correct. Um, she said that. The timetable for a PC PCL strain is one is one to six weeks. So Lamar's in that he's they said he's done rehab. He hasn't missed any, you know, practice time with the rehabbing. He's on so basically she was saying how like he's on track as a player should be if he got that injury. Like he's on that right timetable. So people say, Oh, why isn't Lamar back? I mean, he's on that one to six, which does make sense. I know I believe that kind of like that timetable too, that one to three, but I mean, it's been what three, four weeks now. So five weeks. Because yeah, you, you normally don't hear a timetable of one to six yeah. weeks. Yeah, it's usually like one to three. Then it usually goes to like four to six. I've never heard of one to six weeks. That's or maybe maybe four to six. Maybe I'm maybe I got it's four to six. Right. Well, if that's the case, uh, that whoever came out and said one to three. Yeah, I don't what know. The, what I, was the reason for that? I, I kind of believe. I kind of believe that. Kind of like I was like, but then again, I was like, boy, he's not coming back in one three weeks, so it has to be four to six. So he's on the right track of you know coming back. Um, I'm assuming if we, I mean if all comes good to us, we should beat the Steelers. I'm assuming Lamar will play against the Bengals. Um, maybe as sl- certain selective counts or snaps, drives to get him in game rhythm. Have him ready for the playoffs might depend on. Uh, so let's say the Ravens lose to the Steelers, Bengals win, Bengals have the division. Let's say the Chargers lose and the Ravens are stuck at fit at the fifth seed, no matter what. Do the Ravens play Lamar against the Bengals then, or do they just say, "Hey, we'll get you ready for the playoff game against"? Uh, Jacksonville instead of putting them out there against the Bengals in a game that doesn't mean anything to either team. Uh, well, I mean, at that point, I guess it wouldn't mean something to the Bengals because they might still have a shot at the one seed, but for the Ravens, all intents and purposes, it doesn't mean a thing to them. Then, yeah, maybe they don't play Lamar again and just wait for the playoff game. Yeah. Um, and like you said, that like, you know, I'll the Ravens. Me and the Ravens fan will want to see either the Titans, um, yeah, you want, the Jaguars. Yeah, you but want the I Titans, do, I do but... believe that you know, I do believe that we can still go up against the Jaguars. I mean, I know we lost, we lost in, we, we lost in that season game against them. Um, but I mean, when it comes to playoff time, I mean, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like the Jaguars blew us out. There was a couple missed drop balls. Um, a couple, you know, penalties that you know kind of yeah. screwed us over, but I mean, I don't see 
the Jaguars are blowing us out in the playoffs. I see, I see it being. I think a, nobody's saying that. It's just as a Ravens I just team, don't see, I don't see this Lawrence. Jaguars team is better than the Jaguars team you lost two weeks ago. That's one. Two between the Jaguars and the Titans, the Jaguars are a better team, better offense. So that's going to put more pressure on the Ravens. So I, I just said like they want to stick at five because you want at least the AFC South champion. And between the AFC South teams, you'd want the Titans over Jacksonville. Because you go against you go against the Titans, all you really have to game plan for is Derrick Henry and who who didn't play against the Cowboys. But that's what you base your defense off of. And if Josh Dobbs or Malik Willis, whoever starts that playoff game, if they all of a sudden want to air the ball out, you'll deal with it in game. But against Jacksonville, you know, Trevor Lawrence and that offense kind of clicking right now. But you also have a running back in Etienne who, you know, if you don't pay attention to him, he could break off a couple of long runs. So it's easier to game plan for Tennessee. And if you move out of five, you don't want to have to sit there and deal with Kansas City. Right, Cincinnati right. for a third time because that's always tough, or even Buffalo. But even out of those three, maybe take your chance of Buffalo, only because I think a lot of people look at Buffalo as a front runner. So if the Ravens could go against a Buffalo like and, underdog. We like underdog. Well, yeah, you know, you go against Buffalo, you and, slow and, the and, game and down. We, and, and we were, I mean, if you think about it, the Buffalo Bills didn't blow us up. We kind of blew them out, and then they came back. So imagine if like. We had that league. Imagine if we hold that league in a lead. I'm just saying hypothetically, if we had that league come into the playoffs, you know, playoff game, and we hope that our defense can hold that that score. You know, what I'm saying, hey, we can be an upset. I mean, Ravens have always, even even in that that 2013 um, like playoff run. I mean, we, we were the underdog. I mean, there were some other teams that were. I mean, other, other than our defense, like you know. Really low with Ed Reed, but like our offense, like with Joe Flacco, you know what I'm saying? Other there was like the 49ers, they were worried about with Kyler Kaepernick in, in the playoffs. Like we were still the underdog in that Super Bowl. Like even though the the two Harbaugh brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like finding out, finding it out. Um, I feel like the Ravens do best when they're underdogs, when people are talking crap about them and, you know, they, they had they're had their best against everyone. But Kyle, you, you said several times that, um, Lamar needs receivers that can block, get open, don't really need the ball as much. And guess what a receiver just said? A top wide receiver just said. Check out this check out this Who's the wide receiver? Hopkins. Okay. He said that whatever I can do is just blocking. I'm not a guy that needs the ball. I'm not a complainer. But okay. I know I can help my team when I do get the ball. Everyone's yeah. saying that, like, oh, come to Baltimore because, like, that's what we need, man. Okay. But I'm just saying that that's, like, one. To re- I said that like, because you were, like, we need burners <laughs> who go down the field. Hey, and all Hopkins, like, can, well, Hopkins, when he gets the ball, he can still, you know, get out there, you know what I'm saying, out in the open field. Yeah, but he, can, he can block. He can He can do it. You're like, saying that you needed burners. That's, that's your – well, I'm talking about like yeah, like uh, that's like Tyreek uh, Hill at Diggs. Yeah, I know. No, but I'm saying, you know, run after catch kind of receiver. You know, that's what I said. 
I've said that for weeks on here. I was like I we, always said that like when you said like we miss burners down the field. I'm like, no, that, that's not Lamar's skill type. You need guys who will run a slant, a crossing route, you throw it to them like 10, like 5, 10, 12 yards down the field, and then they get their hands on it and they're able to turn that into 30, 40 yards. That's what you need. You don't need the guy but who like, Lamar drops back, throws it 60 yards downfield. No. You don't need that. So seeing that. Hopkins, I mean, think- Cooper Cup, guys like that. Cooper Cup is another one who he catches a lot of passes over the middle, yeah. makes a couple of moves. That's so the you type of wide I mean, receiver. I'm, I'm not saying Cooper Cup would come to the Ravens, but you think that's a receiver that, that we would definitely need, like a Cooper Cup? I'm that's oh, not a target. That's any I that also say want. that I don't know if guys like that would be attracted to Baltimore because Baltimore, you know, over the years have been run first tight end driven offenses because even like looking back before Mark Andrews yeah like Todd Heap guys like that who always had a lot of catches so I I don't know if every wide receiver would especially if there's other teams involved like I don't know just Nate like Green Bay Green Bay needs wide receivers because Green Bay always needs wide receivers it seems like if DeAndre Hopkins was out there and he could play Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers or Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. I don't know if Baltimore wins that fight. If the number if the money is equal and all that, I'd see Hopkins probably going to Green Bay. But that doesn't mean, you know, Baltimore can't you know put out feelers for wide receivers. Sure. They just have to get the right guy, the right kind of guys. And that's you could look at that kind of in the division. Look at Pittsburgh. Who's Pittsburgh's probably best-known wide receiver? Heinz Ward. What did Heinz Ward do? Heinz Ward would block, knock people over. For when you needed a key catch, you threw it to Heinz Ward. He'd get you a first down, get you a few yards, keep drives going. I think that's kind of how Baltimore is building their self up to be. And... That's why I've also said with the whole talk about Lamar's contract, I don't know what number the Ravens put on that as opposed to the number Lamar wants to hear. And that's why I kind of want to see how that goes in the offseason. But, right. but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to say Lamar can't win as a quarterback. I'm not one of those who's like, oh, Lamar should become a wide receiver, become a running back. No, it's just that you have to be very careful how you build the team around Lamar. You know, defensively, I feel like they're good. I still say secondary, you can throw on them, but collectively as a defense, I, I feel like they, they 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 know what they're doing there. And then offensively, you would load up, make sure your offensive line's good, make sure you have a couple of running backs because they run a lot of RPO. So you got to give some type of different aspect between your running backs. And that's kind of the way that they're building the team. So I can't say that, you know, Baltimore's failed Lamar or Greg Roman's failed Lamar. I can't say that because for this part, up to this point in his career, he's won an MVP. You can say he's had a pretty good career so far. It's just that now I'm sure for him, 
you know, he wants a Super Bowl title. He's got the MVP. Now get a ring. And that's going to be the challenge of putting a team together, fits Lamar, and is also good enough to go up against Mahomes in Kansas City, Allen in, in Buffalo, now Burrow in Cincinnati, um, Herbert in LA. You know, he's going to get, he's finally going to get a taste of the uh, playoffs this season. I'm sure Chargers fans are hoping that this is now the first and many for the next few years. So that's going to be the challenge for Baltimore. Yeah, but I mean, reading that, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. D Hop, you know, he can block, it can, you know, he doesn't really need the ball in his hands. But if he doesn't that's get the why, ball in his hands, he can. But that's why Hopkins is seen as a top wide receiver because Hopkins does all of that. And Hopkins right. has dealt with all that in Arizona. Haven't really heard much out of him. I mean, he was hurt for a few weeks in there, but, you know, yeah. he's come back and he plays, he does his work. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to be on a winning team as well. So if he got the chance to leave Arizona to go to Baltimore, he might take that because at least Baltimore is a better situation. Exactly, exactly. Um, I have another question. Oh, oh, another statement is, I mean, if Mark Andrews can come out get hot, I mean, that's another mm-hmm. problem in the, on the offensive side. Because um, Andrews has been kind of quiet these past couple of games. He hasn't really got targets and no touchdowns. Um, but mm-hmm. if he can pick it up, find a rhythm, um, he's still like a top tight end in the league. I mean, but when he when and that's I mean, gonna, that's gonna be key for Lamar. Lamar is yeah, always gonna need a top tight end. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then um, uh, he got Legally behind him, uh, likely or he's you know young rookie. Uh, that's mm-hmm. so promised. Um, and it still got Boyle, but it's kind of like he's like a blocking tight end, not really a catching tight end um, for us. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, just imagine when Lamar comes back and he's been resting his injury and rehabbing, and imagine when he comes back and like with the running game clicking on all cylinders. Um, with Dobbins, that's going to be you know, as well. Baltimore in the playoffs can't they can't find themselves down 14, 17 points because then running, yeah. that's going to force Baltimore to change what they want to do. Exactly. Whoever they go up against, if they keep it within us like three, six points or even have a lead, and they're kind of bleeding the clock out, that's how the Ravens are going to win games. Yeah. Um, just like, I just can't, I mean, I imagine like Lamar, Dobbins, and Gus, and, um, you know, that's just like a three-headed monster when it comes to running, and, you know, um, especially with, I, don't, I still don't trust the Chiefs, like, rushing defense. Um, they really haven't known to stop the run, but obviously, yeah. like, in the For Kansas game. City, it's like, hey, we'll give up 40 because our offense could probably score 43. That, that's how Kansas City is going to look at it. To, to Kansas City, if their defense holds some team to, like, 17, they're expecting to blow them out. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I have the same concerns. I, I think with Kansas City, it's not like Kansas City is untouchable. Oh, no. I mean, they have a little bit of uh, Achilles sales on their team. Like, you know, the Russian defense, like, um, obviously, like, um, I would say that Mahomes has lesser due to Tariq Hill not being there, like he has Juju Smith and like you know um, lesser, I guess lesser receivers. I mean, I see he has Nico Nico Hardman still there, Vontae mm-hmm. um, Scantley is a new addition. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting into like nine minutes left into the show. I mean, we're gonna probably stop at like two hours. So let's quickly go over like our um, our offsets lots and then 
quickly, quickly go over the, or we can save the the college football for another episode. But um, so but just to kill, so just to um, go over the our locks real quick for week seventeen. Um, I think um, my lock is going. To what I said. If I look at this games real quick, I could probably remember what I said. So I'm going to go my lock. I'm going to do uh, Eagles over Saints. Um, they're five and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. And then my upset is going to be hmm. I think my upset was like Seahawks over the Jets. But like the more I go back and forth on that one, yeah, I kind of think that because I, I remember Dylan. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get Dylan pissed, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Seahawks. It's just that the Jets have a really good defense, and the Jets like to run the ball. The Seahawks have struggled against the run, so I think it's gonna be tough. I think my upset is going to be Miami over New England. I mean, New England's a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, they have. I could see that too. Better yeah. weapons, like, you know, with Tyreek Hill, Waddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So in that game, New England is two and a half point favorites. I, I can bet my lock. Um, my game of the week is going to be probably Raven Steelers because it's the way that game got flexed to 820. That means something. For the rivalry, rivalry, so you got Bengals Bills Monday night. That means something too. I guess that's game of the week. Too. Well, I thought they made Sunday game of the week. I guess don't matter. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about Monday night. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but but I mean, both those games are gonna be really good. Be, yeah. Yes. So uh, locks upsets, Kyle. Like, what's uh, anything changed from Tuesday night? I mean, my lock. I honestly can't remember what my lock was on Tuesday. I remember the Seahawks just was my upset. But I guess a lock I would say probably like a Chiefs Broncos. I mean, their only hope would be the defense to kind of slow down the Chiefs, kind of like what they did a couple of weeks ago because that game was much closer than people thought it was going to be. And Russell Wilson actually looked good in that game until he had a concussion and had to leave. So if the Broncos can repeat that, could they steal this one? Maybe first game without Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe the team plays up for the interim coach. But I, I'd still take the Chiefs in that one. 12 and a half points is a little bit scary. If I were a betting man, that, that's kind of a scary number there. But upset. Well, I guess technically I've been talking about it all show. I got to go Steelers over the Ravens. I said this. I think the Steelers win. That is an upset. Yeah. And to sit here and try to look at all the games – I just go with that one because that's the quickest one I could come up with. But yeah, that, that's that, I'll go with that one. I like I said, Pickett. If he plays the whole game, I think they will have every opportunity to win that game. It'll probably come down to a last drive, whether it's Steelers with the ball needing to get a go-ahead score or Huntley and the Ravens having the ball late needing a score to win it. I think it comes down to a game like that. It's going to be a close one. Um, by, I mean, um, so I guess to end this show, we're going to talk about like, the different bowls. I know we got currently um, the Austin Circle Bowl, Alabama-Kansas State's plan. Um, 
Good old uh, Bama. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, uh, it will be all right, Alabama. Jeez. Next, uh, you know, 2024 expansions coming around. What about 2023? <laughs> I mean, I mean, expansion should be here for 2023, but uh, oh, no, 2023, yeah, like... they should. I mean, looking at the SEC, yes, Georgia's going to be there. Obviously, Alabama's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Looking around the country, I think I feel like we're not going to get TCU next year. So the worry would be, you know, is Tennessee going to have another year like this year, next year? I don't know. So next year probably goes back to Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, maybe USC can kind of recreate this year. Um, Because I think Caleb Williams, I think Caleb Williams is back next year. I don't think he's draft eligible. So you figure USC is going to be good again next year. But, yeah, I think Alabama will be fine. Worst case, you don't make the playoffs next year. 2024 expands. There's no way Alabama's not making a 12-team field. 12-team field, so. Yeah. It'll be all right. Um, so the first game I think it's right on right now. I'm also Sugar Bowl. And then Ohio's facing Kentucky on uh, I mean the Transperfect Music City Bowl. Then the other games, um the CFP semifinal at um the Fiesta Bowl, uh, TCU in Michigan. Um Ohio Interesting State. Game. Oh, it's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. And then um I mean I feel like Michigan's gonna blow them out. That's my opinion. I kind of wonder about Michigan whether they are really capable of blowing out. Well, I guess I don't know because I I feel like if you think they're going to blow them out, then you see like a vast difference between maybe Big 12 talent and Big 10 talent, which I mean, I could see that. But there's something about this Duggan dude, a quarterback for TCU. I mean, he's he's tough. It seems like he's going to keep TCU in the game. It's just whether or not Michigan's running game kind of controls it to the point where, you know, uh, Duggan has to make some risky throws and they turn him over. But I think it's going to be a really good game. But I I think Michigan wins that one as well. I don't know if it's a blowout, but I think Michigan wins. And I definitely see Georgia going undefeated uh, up up until the the final game. Uh, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Ohio State. So, um, I mean, I guess to wrap it up, um, in the two minutes we have left, um, before we uh, do our outros, um, you know, who's going to be in your final for the final, for the final game? I, I mean, I have, oh, Georgia, uh, Georgia, Michigan. Yeah, I have the same thing. And I think Georgia wins it. I, I don't see – I don't see Michigan having enough offense to go up against Georgia. I mean, Georgia's uh, – Davis and offense is clicking all off. Like, yeah. you know, it's like – and I'm not even the biggest Stetson Bennett fan. Me neither. Me neither. He's he's somehow he's he plays really well at Georgia. I don't see him in the NFL doing much of anything, but he works at Georgia. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, that concludes our last episode of the year. Um, you know, uh, any final thoughts um, before I say my final thoughts, or you have any? I mean, it's kind of like I said earlier in the show, like, you know, 2023 is going to be very interesting. Uh, I mean, I plan on being on the show 2023. 
2022. I didn't plan on it, man. I was just saying, you know, 2022 (laughs) has been an interesting year for me because, you know, I have my own podcast and all that. Wasn't really doing much of anything most of the year. Then kind of joined up with Sports Empire Network and, you know, made really great connections. You know, you, Dylan, Gene, Freddie, you know, all those guys. And then it seems like even my show has kind of grown a little bit. So I'm hoping, you know, 2023, you know, Sports Empire Network takes off. You know, this show, JJL Sports Talk Show takes off. And then hope my channel takes off as well. So uh, I'm really excited for 2023. You know, I mean, I said it on my podcast before, but I feel like I'm going to bring some new stuff onto my show. I'm sure we'll have some things for this show as well. Whether it's, you know, still it's just us two, maybe some other people. I don't know. But, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of fun for 2023, so I'm excited. See, the, see like, with, with my followers, with my fans, I don't like to, like, tell people too much what's going on. Um, you know, I want I want them to find, it's like, a little secret going on. <laughs> but I, I, I do plan on having guests next year, um, as well as, like, you know, coaches, players, you know, even my friends that I want to uh hop on so i might make a guest list of people on there who want to um be on here so i can make a list um mm-hmm. definitely i want to add a more different like perspective from a different you know a mindset so uh but definitely it's been a it's been a wild year 2022 um uh, i guess we're 12 hours away from what new year's i guess it's 12 or a little bit over 11, maybe 11 hours mm-hmm. um left um of 2022 so i mean it's been crazy um, hopefully I can get like my merchandise out there uh, for next year. I mean, I have my my online store up there um, on my on my pot on my Instagram bio link. Um, so y'all can still like get a shop for sweatshirts, t-shirts, um, the attire for the show. Um, but it's not all about that. It's about you know the love and support for the show. Um, the view. I mean, obviously viewership is is cool, but the fact that, you know, your dad or your mom or your cousin is sharing it out or my family sharing it out and getting that reach is, is pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that, you know, close the chapter on 2023 or 2022, my fault, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a cool year. Uh, it's been a crazy year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's produced better content than 2022 and that's Good on that. So, yeah. that being said, I'm Jordan John Louis, host of the JJ Sports Talk. It's been um, it's been that one hell of a year, and oh, I I am a 2023 graduate. So yes, yes. Uh, I, I know I know I said that like for a couple of weeks now, but I mean, yeah, I mean it's official now. Like you know, final grades are submitted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, barring any. I mean, hopefully there's no more, you know, class I gotta take. I'm done. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's that. And uh, yeah, I mean, with that, we are out. Oh, by the way, I mean, how can uh, people find you, man? Like, you know, I just... uh, all right. So, I mean, I have my show is called Chomping at the Bit. You can find that uh, YouTube. I'm starting to put like episodes up on my Instagram. So. You, you can find it everywhere. Uh, having a little issues with like the audio part of it for some reason, so I haven't had it on Spotify and all that the past couple episodes, but I'll fix that and 
get those updated, but uh, it's still out there on there. Um, Monday nights, or well, Sports Empire Network, I'm on there Monday, Tuesday, Thursday nights, each night at 7 o'clock, so you can find me there as well. Uh, find me on TikTok, Chomping Podcast. I mean, I, I'm kind of late to the game there, but have a lot of fun over there. Um, trying to think of new ways to do content on there as well. Uh, YouTube Shorts. I, I'm just anywhere I can be, I'm kind of out there. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I'm on this show on um, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify. Um, the live stream is on Facebook and YouTube. Um, yeah, I'm basically everywhere too, so there's no excuse yeah. for you not to find me. I mean, I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, but that being said, I mean, this would this concludes the 2022 um, last episode finale. Um, so we'll see you all in 2023. Yes, it's going to be a big year. Yes, sir.